on the Spencer's the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance vests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Coming to you live from Elusive Comics and Games, it's the Fanboy Planet Gone Podcast. Where's your host, Derek McCaw? Hello. Thank you, Lon. Thank you. All is right with the world. We're back in our normal places, and it's good to be back. Uh, Actually, uh, your your place felt pretty good last week uh, when I was uh, hosting the show. He stood right there. He yeah, did. he I used know. your space. I took your mic, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good, guys. What do you I think? thought it was yeah. pretty good. Okay, great. Is that in your? Welcome window? back, though, Derek. Welcome back. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Lon Lopez, my announcer, and they, I thought a trusty sidekick. Uh, <laughs> all the fans out there know and love me. It's we a, will no longer attach the the, the adjective sidekicks are always trusty. For when I know. The main hero goes mm-hmm. down. Absolutely. Step in. Hey, Derek, drink this, would you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's the verdict? Uh, sorry, Socrates. Anyway, uh, and we've got uh, with us, of course, our sporadic commentator. Chris Garcia. Yeah, he's here. Sporadic as usual. Hugo nominated Chris Garcia. Uh, uh, Meantime, right. between between recommendations. Vote for him. We'll have a guest commentator later, unless you want to speak now and introduce yourself. Go ahead, introduce yourself now. She okay, chokes. Dead okay. air. All right. Sound the crickets. <laughs> and make her sound like a little girl. Too late. All right, so. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to her protests later. Uh, and, of course, we've got our sound engineer, moral compass, and commentator, Rick Bridgley. Good evening. What are you, Vincent Price all of a sudden? <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> we'll be coming back to Rick later for his famous consomme recipes. <laughs> and, uh, Thank you. Consomme. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? We. Oui. Everything is a... Ooh. <laughs> Oh, how continental. <laughs> All right. So, we are back together. The band's back together, and it's like like rubber soul tonight. It's like we were never separated. It's like Hawkwind. Dude. Anybody? Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a Hawkwind album. I knew you nerds would appreciate that. Michael right. Warcock. Nice you guy. just, you just finally ones. found out who Hawkwind was, didn't you? It's, it's, I always thought it was a DC character, it was but now I found it out it's a band. discovery, yeah. Okay, speaking of DC, let's start talking about comics tonight. We'll talk about comics. Uh, Lon would like to complain a bit about indie comics. Yes. And uh, we're going to get a Worldcon report slash protest from Alicia. We'll talk about wrestling tonight, and then we'll talk about this week's movies. Or both last week's and this week's. Yes. And here we go. I wanted to talk. We can start off with the encompassing uh, concept of Countdown, because... In the world of Countdown, there's this little event happening called the Sinestro Core War, which Lon has at least read which the first... Which rhymes. <laughs> the Core War. The Core War. Yes. Totally unintentional. Okay, good. Yeah, that's how you roll, man. You are magic. <laughs> Woo! Anyway. Try to understand. It. Try to understand. Anyway. He's a magic man. I'm a magic man. I gotta say something. As as uh, I was a little taken aback by having this, like, this huge event in the middle of, of this countdown where I'm like, I don't know how anybody's going to survive... The Sinestro Corps, which we can say now, we know who the the members are, right? It's not a spoiler at this point. And yeah, it, I think we also discussed it a couple weeks ago, too. Didn't we say did we, all the people we were in it? Yeah. Did we? Did we? Yes, we did. You uh, did. I did. Yes. Yeah. I did? Yes. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. So you're the onset man, I know. Uh, yeah, it's okay. You guys listen to it. I, I just oh, speak. Okay. Yeah. All right. Either way. Either way. Uh, it's, it's an unexpected crossover with Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, and it's actually really, really good. And i got to say something. Preach, brother. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, if you feel like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Wow. Uh, Goodson sent me a thing a few weeks ago where he complained. He looked at, into the actual origin of the cyborg Superman, and he thought it was the lamest origin ever and the lamest motivation for evil. Do you recall? Yeah. What yeah. was his origin? I uh, That he was... It was basically a Fantastic Four ripoff, only instead of, you know, he... Everybody else got... Uh, 
got powers that basically destroyed them. So the only one left was Hank Henshaw, like Reed Richards, you know, the alliterative. And he became able to possess metal, and that was his thing. So he had no body of his own, and so... He built his own body. So he can build his own body. Yeah. And so he came back as a cyborg Superman after appearing in a minor Superman thing with John Byrne. Long I thought before cyborg he... Superman came out with the whole reign of the Superman thing. That's, that's no, where no, he... No, 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 no. Reign, reign or, Yeah, uh, uh, with, not, but death of Superman. Death, death of Superman yeah, and then... Yeah, yeah. And in, in the wake of that. And so his motivation was he hated... But Superman. that wasn't revealed right away. That was revealed no, later. No, later it was revealed okay. that he was this character that appeared earlier. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, but he's been like just wandering around creating evil for years and years and years. and just sort of ran, randomly been this very powerful I thought villain. he finally got killed a while ago, didn't he? But I guess so nobody, nobody dies thought. in comics, somebody, right? Nobody dies in comics. But this week in, in Green Lantern, I'm not spoiled, but Jeff Johns, who I come on bust because I don't. It's like I, I don't like that he often writes comics that he thinks are appropriate for kids that aren't. Uh, but he did an amazing thing this week, and when he is firing on all cylinders, I think as a writer he's really firing, and he gave the cyborg Superman an actual motivation that he's been lacking for well over a decade, and it's just like one sentence. So wait, his his motivation isn't "I'll get you, Superman." Nope. Oh, what is it? I, I don't want to spoil because it's it's it's, it's really good, okay. and I thought it was just. Fair enough. Just deft writing, and I wanted to talk about it. So you're that. giving it your own endorsement, your stamp of approval. I'm giving your, a, your thumbs up. I'm giving a stamp of approval of the Sinestro Corps War, which I thought was too, you know, too powerful. Can I guess what his motivation is? Go ahead. Is it that he can't find new skin to put over that metal body that always keeps... Every time they draw him, he's always got like a half face with a mm-hmm. whole. It puts lotion on. Yeah, I mean, in this crazy, <laughs> yeah. he can control <laughs> metal and he's build his own body. Superheroes putting them in, in pits. <laughs> But he can't find a new skin. I mean, at least and a going, mask or me. something. Fight me. Uh, <laughs> you're dirty. Horrible Anyways. visual. Uh, no, I'm not. We I don't know turned a dirty about. moment and made it into something superhero appropriate. Hey, leave a dirty moment alone. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Thanks, Billy Joel. Getting back on track. <coughs> I had to clear my throat wow. after that one. And you're younger than me. Anyways. So, Sinestro Wars. Hey, yeah, it's uh, it's just turning out to be a really great event. I still don't understand how anyone's supposed to survive it when you've got the Superboy, oh, I'm sorry, the Superman of Earth Prime retconned into no longer being the Superboy of Earth Prime. So for those of us who got totally turned off by Ion and all the Kyle Rayner messing about stuff, you can just jump in on this one? Yeah. I did. Because okay. uh, one of the basic premises is that Ion is like Parallax, that... Uh, Jeff John's actually making sense that that the powers in the universe you tap into colors, so I colors. Am, I, colors. I, colors. 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 colors, 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 and ponies. I am a nightmare walking. Okay, yes, exactly. So now Ion is Parallax, and we played by Ice T, and we we're no longer bothering with that nasty, you know, the, with the stupidity of Kyle being. Oh, I have all this power. I don't know what to do. I don't deserve it. The only flaw in it is I think that if I were Ganthet, the little guardian, and this is just a total Zorlak moment, right. this is a guy, this is the guardian that has basically been, at times, the last guardian while all the guardians were killed. He, he shepherd- was the guardian on the road, too. Yeah, he was the guardian on the road, the old, old-timer, they called him. Yeah. So wait, they got rid of Kyle Rayner? No, he's yeah. been possessed by Parallax. Parallax. So now- you know what? I'm going to start up Keat. The Kyle Emerald Action Team, because we need to bring yes. Kyle Rayner back as the true Green Lantern. Holy cats! Let's start. That was nice. The Emerald. Oh, Action you bet. Team. You can. Lon Lopez, take a bow for Keith. Woo! Woo. <laughs> I had to challenge oh, Derek's geekiness. Uh, no, I knew. Oh, nice reference. Nice reference. Oh, beautifully done. Thank you. Beautifully Thank done. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, where was I when when he took us off on a little we good Sony and we, uh, we were trying to rap on the, <laughs> on the whole Sinestro Wars thing? I but I don't remember what I was saying, man. Oh, except if I were Ganthet, I'd be annoyed because the because in every appearance of the Guardians now, it keeps being like Ganthet, who time after time has been proven the only Guardian who's right. Ah, uh, you, you, you were resisting <laughs> that musical reference. Thank you. Uh, time and again has been the the guardian who is the lone time voice. After of, time. To his, I already said that yeah, yeah. has been the lone voice of dissent, and the guardians all consistently go, "No, you're wrong, Ganthet. Please stop. You don't have the right way." And it's like, "Excuse me, 
But didn't Ganthet then father you all again? Yeah. Isn't he, he really now no technically well, the father? Uh, I believe the important thing there is that he actually said, if you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting. <laughs> time after right. time. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for showing me your wow. true colors. Uh, <laughs> after oh. I bring it up, you guys just bring it down. <laughs> all right, whatever. Yeah, see what Lon did? That was sort of clever. Mm. It was stunning, I know. But that was, it was, uh, it was good. Uh, but it ties into Countdown, which is changing its title very soon to Countdown to Final Crisis. Before we go there for a second, though, can yeah, I sure. just say, like you asked, we, you know, can anybody jump in? I got the preview cop- copy, read it, was was kind of resistant, went through it, and I'm all, huh, this could be kind of interesting. You you do you're right though, they are stacking the deck pretty high, pretty high. So but what books do you need to read to read this? Well, I don't know. What it, there I mean, was there a, a Sinestro that first and one, and the tie-ins are Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, and it's just going that's back it. and forth, and that's it. And the effects of it haven't been uh, felt in Countdown, which actually this week I think kind of took off a little bit, and finally. We're focusing on where the storyline is going instead of just sort of this meandering. And can you also explain to me about Sinestro? If he's like an alien from like another race, Korrigar. Why does he look like a '30s like uh, movie star, like the mustache and the hair, and you know? Well, somebody like, was saying Debbie, like a David Niven last yeah. week. Oh, okay, David yeah, yeah. Uh, with hydrocephalic yeah. uh, pro- <laughs> tendencies. Uh, just imagine him talk like, "Hey, Green Lantern, hey, let's you know, go over there." You see, <laughs> if you look at the Gil Kane designs in the early days of Green Lantern, yeah. a lot of villains looked that way. Uh, well, was I guess some, that was the style then. Back it was then. a style of nineteen sixty-one. Oh yeah, and the leader. I mean, the leader's definitely the same. You know, so no, he's 60s. got a cool uh, circa nineteen ninety-five goatee on there. So yeah, he's but up, for a he's long time, he had this look. But when you're truly evil like Sinestro, you don't need to be a slave. You need to a fashion. mustache. You need a mustache to and twirl. And he's got a mustache a to twirl. He does. Thin. He does. Yeah. Uh, so Countdown finally kind of focused, and now that we know that we're going to the final crisis, which the final <laughs> crisis. <laughs> we always go there, anyways. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> it's like being on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Can we have musical segments? Oh. <laughs> the I word of you, the day I, is final crisis. Yeah, I was. Right. I felt that you guys were really focused with Chuck in the room. Why is it? Why is it like suddenly? It's Chuck's me, a legend. It's me that causes all this when I'm trying to stay desperately on topic. Well, we're, we're just all trying to impress you. you. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> so, anyways, go ahead talk about your countdown. No, no. well, if you were actually reading <laughs> comics, uh, you know, I quit. So. Uh, so you've got the countdown to Final Crisis where you focus on, as you say, Mr. Action. Yeah. Jimmy Olsen is now a superhero. So he went from Mr. being random care, random, random powers showing up to now all of a sudden they're working for him. And I missed the transition point. What, what was it? Was it the costume? Or was it the fight? Uh, it's a or? mystery. It's yeah. because they're not working consistently. Because the first, the first part, it seemed like it was only happening when it needed to, not when he wanted it to. Because then he went out and tried to pick a fight right. and got beaten up. But then all of a sudden, he's stretching around. Well, what and they're doing saying stuff is if, he, if he's actually in danger, if he endangers himself and someone actually does mean him harm, then they work. Like putting on a costume isn't like saying, hey, guys, let's fight. Why don't you try it? Let's see what happens. Okay, I'll be right back. For, that's your <laughs> homework for this week. So wait, you're saying that a popular newspaper reporter put on a costume to fight crime and maybe get some pictures out of it? Okay, first thing, he's never I've never it. heard of this idea before. Yeah. That's crazy. That's original. It's, it's awesome. It, it's fresh. It's fresh. Good job, DC Comics. They, I hear he's getting married at the end of the series, too. <laughs> yeah. To a busty redhead, maybe? But uh, Except she's you know going away. We saw that yeah, image saw on the, Fanboy Planet this uh, this week. How yes, long has that been hype, though? Come on. I know. On. I'm tired of it. Give it to us already, geez. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. It's all a terrible mistake. It'll last for six months and it should be back. <coughs> That's what happened the last time they separated. She's a scroll. Yeah. Yeah. She's, She's a, a scroll. scroll. There you go. Marriages never so work. See, that's so good. They can just totally say scroll. She's and, got scroll bees. I love that. I know it's a good, it's a good word. But anyway, it focused. Uh, more new gods appear. More new gods are dying. And so they're back to that idea that there's, and that's going, we know, to the final crisis. Can I ask oh, you this? And they tied the uh, the wall, the uh, source mm-hmm. wall. Was it called the, the whole? No, 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 no. It's the wall that was in the New Gods where oh, all yeah, the yeah, giants, yeah. The, the Prometheans went oh, and they hit the like barrier. And that's now the barrier between the 52 worlds. Right. Mm-hmm. That was The terrific. bleed is something else that they're leaving they vaguely defined. The bleed's yeah, like the a bypass like, around the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a warp gate or something. But I have to ask you this. Um, is the New God thing, you guys are reading Countdown, 
Is a new god thing working? Are you guys buying into her? Well, they just it got or? her back around to it. So mm, yeah. we we know the thing is when you get to because that's what it's all based on, right? The new gods. When you get to the final crisis, apparently, and when they keep talking about that button that says an unto man should come a great disaster, even Legion superheroes apparently for like twenty years, and I'd lost track of this, has mentioned that in the twenty first century a great disaster falls upon mankind, and they had lost records. So. This is the thing where you Did know. They continue that over into the new relaunch, or the Legion. That's the only one that passed. It's just in the new. Yeah, that's. But, I mean, I haven't looked at the. You old sure, it's one. not and, like a okay. metal band. And or you something go back to the great, disaster? the great darkness saga. Darkseid right. had to lay low for nine hundred years or so, right? Recouping his powers because something destroyed everything. But that for was him. before the relaunch. That was before the relaunch. So they're tying this back in and saying all these references. Hence the previously Legion characters showing up in JLA. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Okay. And this there is going to be it's, confusing. It's going to be very confusing. And I've been told, basically, what I've complained about certain characterizations at con to friends. And uh, they said, you know, whatever has been bugging you, it's not going to matter <laughs> after like Final that. Crisis. <laughs> so don't, oh, man, I just had it all flow charted. Yeah, so don't, <laughs> so, so don't, let, don't worry your pretty little head about that. Now squeal like a pig. Uh, so <laughs> it, was a long, it was a long call. Why do we go off the I topic? don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, I, which I'm kind of torn up about it. It's kind of like, well, why should we read if it's all just going to get thrown up in the air again in a year? But because they want your money, they do. What we know about the final crisis was announced at, at Comic Con was that the Grant Morrison's writing it. It is. It is as you hypothesized last week in the podcast. He has said this is going to be a swan song that's going to make the. Got to give credit where credit's due. That was Goodson. He came in and said it. Yeah, because he and I have been obsessed with that idea for a few years, and he and Morrison did confirm this is his his final love letter to the DCU, making it sentient. Send it off on its little merry little way. The first and then run. The first panel on the first page is going to be with Anthro. The last panel on the last page of the last issue will be Kamandi, uh, and that's all we know at this point. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if we can all make it. You know it what's funny? You, this is being written by Grant Morrison. I was listening to some of the old podcasts that Rick put on disc. We were talking about. I think it was Greg Pak who came in and did some X-Men stuff, and they were saying something about how when Grant Morrison wrote the X-Men, Marvel couldn't like move fast enough to undo it all. Undo it all. Yeah. So now do you think we're going to have that with uh, Grant Morrison and the DC? Well, let me put that in co- your comment in, co- in context, though. What I liked was that Greg Pak was actually the only writer willing to acknowledge right, right. what Grant Morrison had done. Good buddy, Greg Pack. Hey, Greg, what's up? <clears throat> yeah, I hope he listens because I love you, man. But anyways, um, but I was just yeah, it was funny that I just heard that. And now you tell me that Grant Morrison's doing kind of that's a, a very interesting swan song. It's a very interesting point, but this is <coughs> editorially driven, and don't make any mistake. You know that they they're having like what Marvel's doing. What do you mean editorially driven? Meaning they have something to say, or that that, that this is what Dan DeDio, the direction that Dan DeDio wants it to go. They're having writers' meetings where all the writers of DC books sit down and say, are you guiding to this level? Here's Really? But headed. I thought we just had all that with 52 last year. So mm-hmm. how can we take this one with any severity? Is that the right word? With any consequence? Any gravity? That, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. And that's Please a help us, Derek. And that's, uh, help but us I through this. But I can't guide you. That's a problem that's happening. I mean, over at... Over at Marvel on the flip side. But you side. know so many people. You always drop their names. Come on, Derek. Help us. You're Long. old enough now. You'll have to deal with it yourself. You'll have to meet some this celebrities on your you own. you have to walk through yourself. Oh, I don't know if I'm strong enough. Eventually, Derek won't be there to guide you anymore. And I'm looking forward to that day, let me tell you. <laughs> Simba, this is your I time. I feel right? that sweaty, meaty palm. And, you the know. circle. <laughs> <laughs> circle Long, long <laughs> Trust your feelings. Uh, okay. Anyway, next week's podcast, Lon goes out on his own because <laughs> over on the Marvel side, you've got World War Hulk, written by Greg Pak, which buddy. is an event I could care less about every other book, but the Hulk books I have to buy. Oh yeah, I mean that's such a great. I think there's a crossover happening there, but I'm ignoring every other book, which is great. I can do that with this. Uh, yeah, because it's basically like 22 pages of him beating people up, right? Greg Pak is one of the few writers that can actually give you 22 pages of Hulk beating people up that actually um, adds depth of characterization and moves the plot along. And motivation. It is astounding how good he is at that. Like Elmore Leonard. 
Wow. Oh, yeah. well, that's there a nice comparison. That actually, you thought you were being sarcastic to no, us, but, it, but I think Greg Pak <laughs> is a fantastic writer, and this week's Incredible Hulk is... I think he's an incredible writer, not a fantastic writer. Because he's writing Incredible Hulk. Are you trying to bring me down to your level of crankiness? <laughs> oh, because it's working. Uh, yes. It's yes. hit it with a mic stand. I, no, they're not mine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> shot. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. <laughs> you owe him. It's okay. Fixed. Big time. Whatever. All right. Anyway, um, because, you know, yeah, it, that, that event is the way to go. I can read, I'm sure you can read other books. I've read, like a couple weeks ago, read a ghostwriter that tied in. Didn't, didn't tie into the larger story, but actually used ghostwriter well. And I thought, oh, you know, that, that was really well done. So when I'm reading the crossovers, they touch in, but you don't need them at all. Countdown, still not absolutely positive that it's not going on. Although, you know, I think Teen Titans last week, Superman finally said something about, uh, I've got to go back and fight the Amazons. Because they've had all Amazon these attack. because yeah. the Amazon attack thing, you see all these scenes where Superman's sitting in the uh, in the visible da- jet in the Daily Planet office, going, "Yeah, those Amazons are really bad." It's like um, they're beheading men, you know. Great. What? Okay, you, and I've got uh, this just in. <laughs> Rick <laughs> Brechner wants oh, to talk about the Illuminati. Did you read the last issue? No, of the I did not read the last issue of the Illuminati. The last. If you haven't read the Illuminati. If you don't, don't care about the Illuminati, you have to read the last issue. And the, you'll recognize it because it has all the girls. It has Sue Storm. Women. The women. With the a y. chicks. The or two conquests of it. And I'll just preview one scene because they're all talking. It comes in and uh, Doctor Strange is lamenting the fact that Klee has left him. Yes. And so Again. Reed Richards is there. Because he, he would always starts, leave his astral form there about, and he'd go take off. He starts talking about his women, woman problems. And then um, uh, <laughs> Professor Xavier and uh, Black Bolt come in. And Xavier's doing all of Black Bolt. So Black Bolt says this or Black says this with respect, comes out of Xavier. So they're all talking <laughs> about their wives. And then Tony Stark comes in and he's just he's just so clueless about this. One of the best lines is, He's going, you guys think you had a trouble. I slept with Madame Mac, Madame Mask. <laughs> and, 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 and Submariner's going, who's Madame Mask? He goes, he goes, she looks like Dr. Doom. He says, you slept with someone who looked like, like Dr. Doom. Doom. <laughs> so it was it's, like a comedy it's, issue? It's, or? The, it's the best. The first half of the magazine is just all I, I mean, that. I say for good writing, another one this week, Jack of Fables came out, and they, they gave you the rich inner life of Babe the Blue Ox. Oh. Who gets untied, who, uh, who, if he's left behind by Paul Bunyan for too long, sort of comes untethered from reality. In Paul Bunyan's words, he says, you know, he loses track of of reality, and then they show his inner thoughts. I don't want to spoil it, but it was the funniest page I've read in, in weeks of what Babe fantasizes about. <laughs> okay. Wow. No, Fables. and it's, it's, fan, it's totally family-oriented. It's just very funny. That's good. Very funny. So, Say, Derek, let's skip forward Chris. for a moment. Oh, because Chris has to leave. I have to leave. Yeah, we can skip while I'm bitching. Um, so yeah, there's more time for that later. Let's talk a little bit of wrestling. Do tell. <laughs> well, let me tell you right now again, the injury bug has bit the WWE right in the butt. Will I be getting a false come anywhere for you about this? Uh, you've already got one. When did you say it? It should be in your box as of now. Okay, perhaps then. Yes. Um, I've been away from my mailbox for a while. There you go. Yes. But, uh, of course, Bobby Lashley's down with an injury. Uh, down goes muscle. Lashley! Yes. Uh, Edge out probably more like six to nine months instead Torn of uh, three to six Yes, uh, so we've got we've got some bad news. Jeff Hardy, though, uh, suspended thirty days because of a company policy violation. Did he keep the tower treasure? <sighs> no, you bastard. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I've been dying for months to be able to make some sort of Hardy joke like <laughs> yes. this. Yes, but uh, what Poli- drug policy? Uh, we're not sure if it's drug policy or if it was no showing. Mm. Um, it's something like that, though. Uh, he is on a short list right now. People are not happy with him again. So they're uh, keeping him in the house on the cliff? Is that right? Yes. yes. Okay. Damn. Um, but yeah, so wrestling right now is sort of weak. But we've got Triple H coming back, of course, uh, at SummerSlam, taking on a little dude by the name of Booker T. Uh, King Booker, sorry. Wait, did they announce that yet? Uh, they haven't announced it, but they've been hinting at it strongly. Chris has inside information. And our more important one, the Jackass deal is now officially off. 
Uh, well, I'm on the edge of my seat over that one. Yeah, Johnny was that a deal with the Jackass guys or just a code name? It was a deal with the Jackass guys. Okay. Um, Johnny Knoxville, a donkey. <laughs> I would pay to I'd see pay that. To see that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I couldn't be too sarcastic on but that. Yeah. Right. But the biggest news that's getting actual mainstream press is Pac-Man Jones, a football player suspended for a year. <laughs> Get the cherry. Get the cherry. Is he the one that was dogfighting? He was, no, that I'm was kidding, Michael Vick. No, this is the one who uh, was implicated in a murder and was signed by TNA to wrestle and do some stuff for them. Not for wrestle them. though. He's, uh, no, he's, he's wrestling. Gonna, okay, okay. This I is heard where. Not wrestle. Okay, this is where the whole world of wrestling and the real world they have this kind of it semi-permeable membrane. Yes. I don't know if you're talking story. Or you're talking 6, 6 p.m. news. Straight out true. Okay. Yeah, Pac-Man um, was and, in the news. And think about people that actually care about this. Yeah. They can't tell. They're just no like, wonder, you know, yeah. is wrestling real or not? It's, 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 I just well, had at least this, they don't make Hardy Boy references. I just had this conversation. <laughs> okay. Buddy, Who makes Hardy it. Boy references? All right. I want you to go over there and look at those footprints under the window and Next shut up. Next week on Bad Boy Planet, <laughs> Derek and Lon in a cage match. <laughs> I would Next pay week, to brother. see that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, he is supposed to be wrestling um, as of a press conference he gave a couple days ago. Who? Pac-Man. Oh, Pac-Man? Oh, um, only stuff I've heard is he will be not wrestling but doing other things to promote the brand. He's going to start do- by doing that and then move into wrestling, um, which is a terrible thing because you might not have heard there was, like, this murder uh, around uh, recently, uh, really kind of strange. So it got lost in the shuffle. Very strange. Uh, of course, also the feds uh, coming down hard on the WWE, asking for all of their. Oh, we mean the actual info. Fed, the, the federal agents, not the federation. No, 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 not the federation. No, uh, <laughs> two guys missing front teeth. Yeah, <laughs> no. uh, there are congressional hearings scheduled. Um, I believe yeah, both scheduled, you Californian. <laughs> both uh, Linda, should, Linda I don't even and say Vince. Why do you ask? Why <laughs> I say? Why? Why? What? Why? Okay. Why but, uh, do you think I say that? So yeah, so it's a it's a dark time for wrestling right now. It's kind of sad. I, I was at the Great American. Well, you know what? Bash Vince Lives. has no one else to blame but himself. Uh, Yes. Mm-hmm. What about I think Stephanie? it's going to turn out to all be Stephanie. I would not be surprised. She's Ooh. pulling the strings. But Vince is back. Uh, they yes, and announced uh, that storyline. Actually, Chuck wrote about it on his blog. I saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. tell us what was the. We his... should. We should. Uh, he gave us a. He gave us a. Uh, a shout out. A shout out. We should say. Much uh, love. Chuck's Weird World. Great artwork. Great artwork. Yeah. So basically, you know why I came back? Very he basically active. did a King Lear. Uh, he faked it, he faked his death to see which who loved him the most, and uh, <laughs> were we fooled by that? <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what the new? What's the new storyline? The announced. answer is Cordelia loved is, him the most. <laughs> is apparently he has an illegitimate child and was served with papers. So now the mystery is no longer who killed Mister Bur- uh, Vince McMahon, but who is. Vince's illegitimate child. I'm going to say it's um, Dusty Rhodes. If it turns out to be Chris Garcia, <laughs> I'm going to be upset. <laughs> who, who are they? I'm here? not under contract currently, but if anyone's listening, Dave Lagana, um, I am available. <laughs> hmm, well, who ladies, think, who do you think they're going to lean towards? Uh, I'm betting it's going to be someone like uh, Eric Bischoff. I'm yeah. gonna actually, you know, I'm actually going to say Cody Rhodes, Cody Ronalds, Cody Rhodes. They're uh, pushing him. Yeah, they're pushing him. So, Mr. Kennedy! Uh, what about the mystery of the missing chums? I will punch you in your face. <laughs> I'm out. I really can't remember any other titles. <laughs> well, that, that's, I think that wraps it. Yeah. Do we want to go on to Worldcon a little bit? Let's go on to Worldcon. Let's Worldcon. 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 Fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> Get over here by a microphone. <laughs> Alicia, right here. Take this one. Who is uh, this? Is Alicia? What's the last name again? Willis. Willis. Alicia our Willis. Worldcon correspondent. Alicia is our intern in trading. Training. Is that redundant? An intern in trading. Intern in training. Are we? Tra- we're trading her somewhere. We're training her. We're giving okay. her a new skill. <laughs> really? Yeah. We've got skills to give. We've got, we're going we we to surgically to remove one of Chris's. Uh, oh well. And all that's left is the shield. <laughs> Well, I just got a little bit of information from Chris telling me how George Sakai. Do you want to mention that? How's no, 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 that's you. Takei. Takei. George Takei will be at Worldcon. <gasps> no, but it gets better. Does it? Check, check. Yes. Okay. How could it? I'll tell you. Please do. 
He's hosting the Hugo Awards. And did I mention I'm nominated twice? Did we mention you're not going? <laughs> yes, oh you mentioned it twice already. <laughs> and there we are. Uh, anyway, yes. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. It's very exciting. By the next post, I'll be able to say I'll be able to say more than konnichiwa, more than. Doko ni ginko e arimashita. Watashiwa no. That means where's the bank? Well, okay. <laughs> let me let me. I do say, recall that. Let me at least be able to say biro, a simple thing that I know biro. how to say, which is watashiwa no name Alicia Willis desk, and then asking you what your name so is. So desne. Desne. Hey, Hiro Nakamura desu The other thing is, you know, asking you what your name is is anata wa oname. I'm sorry, anata no oname wa, which is what is your name? Well, mm-hmm. what is Ohio Gazaimas? Good morning. That's right. Good job. I've been oh, to great. That's great. Okay. So, uh, what what other highlights are, are you looking forward to at Worldcon? How far away are we from Worldcon right now? Because I've lost track of the calendar. I'm leaving on the 28th of this month, so we're 20 days away for me. Countdown, Countdown. to Worldcon. Yes. Count- the and unto. <laughs> I'll be gone for eight days, so I'll be back in September. All right. So tell us though exactly. Okay. To our uh, to us novices. What are you going to do at Worldcon? Shop? Look at authors? What are you going to do? Tell us. Really go to panels, look at authors, make sure that I am at the Hugo Winner Awards. I've been to Westercon and I've been to Baycon, and it was fun and exciting to meet and greet people, but I was really there for the panels. Okay, now the panels, let's say, Worldcon is a sci-fi thing or is it a fan thing? Please explain it. It's both, actually, and because it will be held in Yokohama, some of the panels will be held bilingually, so they'll give you headphones in Japanese for people and in English for people, and some of them will be single language as well. Will the single languages be Japanese-only? Only, yes. Wow. And there are some English only ones also scheduled. Yes. Yeah. Scheduled. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. And so is Shut it, up. Is Worldcon more of like a Westercon where it's more of a fan based kind of thing, or is it more of like a kind of wizard thing where it's Worldcon is and permanent predominantly a literary convention. It's where the Hugo Awards are given out every year, okay. which have over the years included media. So it's not a sci-fi media, thing, then? But it no, it is books. a sci-fi thing, it's but it's literary sci-fi. sci-fi uh, science fiction and fantasy. Okay, okay. Yes. Preeminently. Unlike, World Con- uh, unlike Comic-Con, which is everything but comics. Mm. No, comics are there, too. Oh, okay. Let's be fair. You know, we've all made that that snide remark about it, but comics are still driving everything because even the movies that are there are comics adaptations okay. are the biggest. But Worldcon does jump around the world. It is, uh, it's often in Ireland. It's so it's kind of like the Olympics? It's yeah. never yes. been in Ireland. Has it been in Ireland? It's been in Scotland. Scotland, there you go. In yes, Australia? It's, it's yeah. like the Olympics. We're coming together Has it been in the Faroe thing? Islands? Okay. Because I want to shout out to our fans in the Faroe Islands. Faroe Islands rule! Yes! So how many days we don't know is where the you actual are, convention? Faroe Islands, high school football Seven. I think it's going to be need six to have more days. bid parties. Because wow, I know that the last day I'll be shopping. I'll be sightseeing. Because, I mean, okay. you'll be crammed into a convention center and you're all the way in Japan and you're not going to see any sights. That's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. So. Indeed. And if I may, add a couple little Apparently things. Apparently you may. Go ahead. Uh, two very good people going to be there. Uh, Mr. David Brin, a good buddy of mine. Is he the magician? What's up? No. The guy that does no. all the street magic? No, that's writer. David Blaine. He's a writer. Oh, he's a writer. Uh, wrote Could you just reach out and punch him? <laughs> wrote, wrote the book version of one of the worst films ever made, The Postman. Um, Rings twice. But the novel's very good, right? The novel's fairly decent. Um, he's going to be their guest of honor. And you know, the movie just didn't deliver for me. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be our week. All right. <sighs> really? I foresee your death. <laughs> But, uh, I despise you. <laughs> but a number of uh, good Bay Area fans are uh, going to be there. And also the author of the Uplift series. Uh, the Uplift series also, yes. And uh, generally a generally nice guy. Kind San of Diego a downer, based. that series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and I believe it's uh, Michael Whalen is their artist guest of honor. Oh, that's Or is it Bob Eggleton? I don't know. It's one of those two. We count on you. Alicia was counting Alicia, on you. Alicia, do you know? know? Artist guest of honor? That's it's be it's not Frank Wu, unfortunately. It's not Frank Wu who isn't even going. Who we would know. Yeah. Frank Wu, two-time Hugo winner. Nice guy. Winner. Not nominee. Winner. Not nominee. Winner. winner. But I have slept underneath his Hugo award. So oh, good Lord. I've, I've acquired his strength. Beats newspapers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes. you've been under Frank Wu's rocket is what you're saying. <laughs> okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> good. Get rid of them. Lon, come on back. We're going to talk about movies now. 
I got rid of the Remember to read the drink tank, efanzines.com. Okay, good. Thank you, Chris. Chris is now leaving leaving oh, out Chris towards the door. and you want me back. The limo's, lim- yes. the limo's outside and idling. Ever. And there he goes. That's pretty much it. Okay, fine. We won't be having any guests. Is it because his beard is longer than mine? Is that what it is? Yes. Uh, we can't have any. We won't be having any last-minute visits from Goodson. He's in New Jersey tonight, so watching Bon Jovi. Woo! I don't know. I don't trust him. I don't either, but I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. So, oh. well, Alicia can stay on the yeah, mic, she can. can't she? I she mean, can. we have a spot. We can we can discuss now movies. We, we do have uh, just chime in whatever. a long gestating comics to film uh, adaptation breaking this week. Stardust, Neil Gaiman, which I think is going to be sort of the beginning of breaking the dam of a lot of Gaiman adaptations. Uh, you know, this is I think the first one that's hit the big screen. Can you think of it, any other? I mean, Neverwhere was produced for BBC yeah, television. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. And they're doing a film remake of that as well. Excellent book. Excellent series. Did you see the series, the BBC I series? have the series. I haven't watched it yet. Um, and then he's How got, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then in November he'll have an adaptation of Beowulf, which technically he didn't write the original. That was, you know, something that was beat. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, he's got that coming, which I saw some footage from at Comic-Con, and it looks fantastic. I don't so. like how Grendel looks, though. Grendel looks it's too weird. humanoid for me. It's creepy. I, thought, I, just thought I wanted it was, Grendel I thought it was more a creature. Cre- I thought it was appropriately creepy, but that was... It's creepy, no doubt. But I yeah. imagine Grendel as a different kind of creature. I think, more you, I, think you, I think you could put Crispin Glover on screen and not do anything to him, and he would still manage to make Grendel the most Crispin frightening Crispin Glover thing. on the street Grendel is frightening. Yeah. Grendel's always been portrayed Letterman. as kind of like a creature from the Black Lagoon-ish kind of carry. And yeah. they And they give more of that over to Grendel's dom. Um. And so Grendel looks more like someone who's been partially digested by a serpent. Okay. So it's like, it's... Oh, I got it. Yeah, he kind of you know, looks so like Schmeagle to me from Lord of the Rings. Uh, only much but bigger. Yeah. yeah, much more grotesque. So but whatever. Because you can see the sinews on the muscles, and it's just, in okay. 3D, it's just really gross. So it's not really a film for the kids. No. I don't like a family, you know, Pixar production. <laughs> but he did give a public reading at San Jose State last year where he gave a kid-friendly reading about Orange. It was really great. Yeah, I did, in fact, uh, use that San Jose State. He says he loves coming to San Jose because of the intelligence of the questions he gets from college students. So, no, I'm kidding. No, he does. And that was my in. I said, because my students go and, and they I, they got my copy of Anansi Boys. That's like signed. when like the Rolling Stones go to every town. They're all, we love coming yeah, to San Jose. <laughs> and that's this exactly is the best the crowd ever. ever. Really? You're, we love you, San Jose. <laughs> yeah. Then they're in like Cleveland the next night. We love coming to Cleveland. You're the best audience ever. I created the endless. <laughs> but uh, each of the audiences feels special, and that's what counts. That's mm-hmm. why they do it. Look, it's like Stanley. Stanley, you can talk to him, and he'll tell you that's the nicest thing anybody said to me all day, <laughs> and you really believe it, even though you know it's not. You know, so it, it, Neil Gaiman's a very good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna undertake that. I'm gonna start try becoming that? that guy who just makes everybody feel special. Fake nice, that'd be good. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. Okay. See, see how. Let me know how that works out for you. Thanks, Terry. But uh, that was kind of like <coughs> the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. Appreciate it. Okay then. <laughs> uh, so yes, I did see Stardust last night. Saw it screening up in San Francisco. Let me ask you this mm-hmm. seriously: Is this movie gonna bomb or what? That's going to be. A, it's a good question. I thought it was a very well done film. When's it open? Friday. Friday. Because I've seen maybe three commercials on TV. Is, are they promoting? That is it? a complaint that I've heard that it's not been doing a good job of. Pro- but if you go in, and, and I don't know what gets into people's really works as far as getting into people's heads. Who's the main star? The guy's name is See, there Charlie go. Cox. Okay, well, Michelle Pfeiffer's in Michelle Pfeiffer's yeah. in Really? It. Her it's, last hit was... Well, she hasn't been in a movie in thank five years. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's in Hairspray. But that doesn't mean it. That's true. She's, she's in Hairspray. In hairspray. Yeah. Was she, like, top build in Hairspray, though? Yeah, she is top build in Hairspray. Well, second tier. Second tier John Travolta. I mean, you can't... You but, can't top that. I'm just saying, though. I mean, yeah, they got De Niro in it, but De Niro, De Niro was in Rocky and Bullwinkle, too, so that's not the one. I know, and for a moment, I was afraid that he was giving a Rocky and Bullwinkle-level performance. Because I had forgotten a lot about the plot, and the reason for his bad acting, like you know, comes across, and, and it, it, it was a total bait switch. I was totally sucked into going, oh man, they spent too much money on De Niro. And then when they revealed what, you know, it, there's a good reason, and it was it was well done. All right, so what's the review? Okay. Like it? Dislike it? I really liked it. I, I my Is brother. It long? Uh, it was about two hours. My I took my brother, and and he said, "Wow, that's like the best movie I've seen in a long, long time." And it was. It was really well done. But I would agree with you. 
the majority of the advertising I've seen is in movie theaters, huge standees, movie posters for months. Yeah. They they have a weird poster that really puts the emphasis on Ricky Gervais from yeah. The Office, who appears in it for maybe three, four minutes tops, mm. but clearly you know they're desperate to grab the faces that Americans might recognize. So I don't know. I don't think it was a very expensive film to make. It was really well done. Who's it, the director? Do you remember? Matthew Vaughn, who directed oh, Layer Cake, okay. turned down turned down the rights to. Uh, he was supposed to direct X Men Three, and backed away in order to make Stardust instead. So he's got integrity now. He's in talks with Marvel Studios to direct Thor. Well, I'm going to say this: August is a bad month to release movies, especially ones without a big push. So I'm a little worried about Stardust. I, I'm a little worried about it, but it's but I think it's one that even if it doesn't do well in the theaters, it will find its audience on DVD. And as the reality is, to a lot of a lot of people in Hollywood, you know what? The movie theater release, theatrical release, is just a lost leader for the DVD. It's all advertising for the DVD and get it out. So well, kind of like another movie we just saw that didn't do too well in the theaters. No, tell me what was that? Hot Rod. Hot Rod. We both saw it. Today, not in the same... I saw mine yesterday. Oh, you saw it yesterday. Yes. Okay, so... But we didn't see it in the same theater, do we? Hmm? Century 22? No, I did. Oh! Oh, get out! Oh, my God. The coincidence! Did you, <clears throat> who'd you see it with? Tom Goff. Did you see it with Tom Goff? Oh, my God! No, Tom that's Goff. embarrassing! Why did he go two days in a row? He liked it that much. No, he didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Anyways, uh, yeah. Okay. Hi, Alicia. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing cricket-like. The I, I okay, so we're gonna have a true uh, Siskel and Ebert moment here. There thumbs up, this thumbs down. This is true. This is true. Uh, Hot Rod did not do well this weekend. I think it placed ninth overall in the top ten of movies. I am surprised by that because I believe that an opening weekend is not based on the quality of a film. It's a it's a it's based on do people want to see it. Then again, it did go up against uh, Born Identity or Born Supremacy. Ultimatum. Ultimatum. Yeah. So and of course everybody went to see that instead, but. Um, maybe there's a little bit more eye candy. Maybe, maybe. Um, you think so? I think so. <laughs> I think my problem was... Well, I uh, think you weighed in on that one. Very good. See, that's the kind of, uh, you know, we need to have that perspective. Like. Mm-hmm. She's learning. Anyways. Um, Matt Damon. Mm. I thought she was talking about Joan Allen. What? Oh, okay. Anyways. Um, um, Hot Rod didn't do well. However. What's the story of Hot Rod? Uh, the basic story is Young Rod... <laughs> Gets yeah. hot, and yeah, he is. wants to. No, oh, I've seen this movie. A young, no. young, young, dumb, was stunt interested, man was interested that I was <laughs> suddenly lost interest. Anymore. Um, and then I watched Heavy into Jeff. Okay. No, but anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so stunt man played by Andy Samberg. Um, He's kind of a goofy, no good stuntman, and then he has to. He was a man boy. I mean, it followed, yeah. as you said off the air, kind of the Adam Sandler oh, sort it's of formula. following the Adam Sandler po- formula, yes. Sound effects, goofy sound effects. That's, that's his job later. Thanks. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, that um, non sequitur brought to you by Anna Warren Borsig, owner of Elusive Comics Again, which is expanding. So come and see our expansion later this it's month. It's getting larger. It is, it's getting bigger. Uh, so back to Hot Rod. Anyways, yeah. so he has a kind of a rivalry with his stepfather, and then stepfather gets sick, has to raise money to save him. And I will give and you that's the basic I, that I that I admired the tenacity of this plot. That basically he has to beat his stepfather in a fist fight of some sort in order to earn his fa- stepfather's respect and love, and they carry that plot point to the very last. Second of the film. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Hot Rod. It's a total farce. The whole movie. It's farcical. It's made that way. It's not meant to be serious. The whole. I mean, it's no, spoofing it's all the genre. I mean, it's in a way, it's almost spoofing like '80s movies in a weird. I mean, there was a huge like '80s like rock metal soundtrack. But, and, yeah, we, uh, most of it by Europe. Yeah, by the Europe. Band, Europe. Oh, right. Cherokee. <laughs> that was in but, there. I felt like I was watching a series of YouTube videos strung together. Well, it's and, and and so I didn't think it had much cohesion as a whole. I laughed. I found it funny, but there's also a moment midway through where he is. They basically do 
edit his greatest moments together and charge money and show it to an audience in the universe of the film, and everybody responds the way you would. So do you ever have a moment where you realize that this is not worth your time and you step out of the theater? Or I, I never through? do that. I always suffer. I did not suffer through this film. Do not get yeah, me no, wrong. Yeah, no, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I actually liked it wholeheartedly a lot for what it was. Oh, Michael loved that. Okay, so would you? I have only walked out of one film in my life, The All-Nighter starring Susanna Hoffs. And later on cable, I did see the end and went, yeah, I should have walked out a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so would you pay for this movie? I would did. Would you recommend anyone pay for this movie? I would pay to see it again, and I will tell you why. The matinee price or full price? I'd go full price. I paid full price last night. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, it's a goofy, fun comedy. I went with my friends. We had a blast. It evoked fun and good times. Okay. So it also had a lot of quotable lines that we were all doing afterwards. And I think this movie, if it doesn't do, it's probably going to go out of theaters very soon. But I think on DVD, it's going to get a huge cult following. There you go. And I think okay. there are lots of movies like Just kind of like Anchorman. But I, I mean, think you said one very crucial thing is, I always feel weird recommending a movie this way, but I do think there are movies that work better if you go with a bunch of people you know and you know their sensibilities, and you all respond the same way, and you have right because a good this time. is this you is all a start movie. drinking about an hour before you go into. The well, not theater. even that. That but, might help. I okay. don't know. But see, already like today, me and my not buddies, me. I like IMing, emailing each other, we're quoting lines from the movie and sending them back and forth to each other. So it's one of those type of movies where it it lives on afterwards after you see it because it's got all these quotable. No, there fun is a moment parts. of pity when you realize his mother is paid is played by Oscar winning actress Sissy Spacek. Hey, she and needs think, to eat. And okay. I think, yeah, as it as it sunk so low, says Sissy, are, are the jobs so few and far between? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, it's like Sissy Spacek and what's the other guy's name? Ian McShane? McShane? I- Ian McShane. Sissy yeah. Spacek and Whatever. Ian McShane. Um, they, they, they add a little credibility to the story. I, mean, I also understand why the other two guys in his Andy Samberg's little trio of films, they're usually off camera. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? they were very. Didn't ant- like the brother. No, they were just very kind of nerdy. Yeah, I mean, it was an okay. But I think that was, was kind of the point. I mean, it's like it's it's not YouTube. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> One disappointment though from Hot Rod for me, mm-hmm. Bill Hader was very underused. And I think Bill I would Hader. Agree with that. Bill Hader. Once is you much see funnier. once you see Superbad, Bill Hader is gonna just. I'm eager to be see. your favorite. So okay, uh, so you're gonna make me eat crow on the next one, aren't you? The next yes, one. Yes, he is. The next because one? I totally dissed this movie on the basis on the commercial, that one. Ah, you yes. Judge before seeing. I judge. Oh, we, we I wait judged. a minute. Did you see Hot Rod? I convicted this movie. You judged before seeing Hot Rod, didn't, didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't you? Oh, 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 high and mighty now. Oh, the acrid stench of hypocrisy oh. fills the room. Yes. And here we go with underdog. What? There is no need to fear. Underdog is here. But no, it's Jason Lee now, so it's like, my name is Underdog. <coughs> right? And there was a couple moments. There were a couple <laughs> moments that. like that. I will totally agree. That there were, my brother Randy. That right. there, was, there was a couple of lines where he delivered like that. Just, you know, I mean, the. So sometimes I've got to fix things. Which you've and, seen in the commercial where he says, you know, you don't see, you know, don't see dogs hurting each other for money. Well, you don't see people sniffing each other's butts. You do it at Michael Vick's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Touche. I mean, it was just so J- uh, Jason Lee's. Delivery, but as I as I think my argument back to you was, yeah, it wasn't for us. And it's I had my Scooby Doo argument. It's not like the original episodes were Ibsen. So you know, if you're you're talking about uh, <laughs> actually, they kind of were kind of Ibsen. But. Oh, uh, <laughs> but it's a fun movie to take the kids, right? It was a great movie for the kids. There was clearly one segment where that would normally would happen in a superhero movie. The Hero is depowered, right. and the villain so gets are, neutered. Are, 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 not quite. Oh, okay. Where I, I figure there had to have been, there had to have been. Yeah, I guess there had to have been like a test screening where kids were either bored or disturbed yeah. too much by it for their target audience. Because it, re- I'm not saying this is like a great date movie or anything, but I got a three and an eight year old, and they loved it. And and then, and that sequence, they just sort of like. They can compress and underdog narrates over it like this happened to me and so and so and so and my name is Shoeshine, <laughs> and you know, so but they gave you know they put all those elements together and it was fine it was cute and 
my son went home and asked the dog in the backyard, "Are you underdog?" Oh, nice. <laughs> so that is okay. adorable. It is. See, so until I, I he gets was, bit by a pit bull no, going up talking to every dog exactly, he meets. But I was surprised because Disney did not show this for the critics, which is immediately like that must stink. But it really was. I've seen far worse this summer. Uh, and I'm sure I will see far worse okay. this year than what that was. I would say, for me, matinee, but I don't take the kids to the evening anyway. And, you know, And you go with kids. It's not for adults. Okay, but I didn't think they were going to make an underdog that was, like, really touching the kid and all of us and make it, you know, that's... Just the way it so is. So you're saying that there's certain movies for certain audiences then, right? There are. Go see Hot Rod. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Dang it! Cashew Lon Lopez! Zing! Zing! <laughs> so would you like to go back over to comics and complain about your indie your indie? Do we have jumps? time or where are we at? Sure, we got time. Just real, 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 real briefly. I had my Lon Lopez indie comic challenge, which nobody stepped up to indie comic creators out there if you're listening so i had to go out and venture and find a couple indie comics on my own uh, rick gave me one you gave me one i won't mention the names um got a couple freebies at comic-con and i've noticed a general consensus with indie comics mm-hmm. poor storytelling um those are just in the in the small sample i've read it's a lot of f- more for the emphasis on the brand and the art? I am actually going to agree with you 100%. Really? My uh, goodness. Because of my experience, uh, while I have enjoyed the concepts, and we, which may sound weird to, that I can make that difference, I've enjoyed the concepts of some of the indie books I picked up at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a three-issue miniseries called The Descendants, uh, which got they did a trailer before Comic-Con starring Ray Park. In the in the and they were talking about how great that was and Dark Horse Indie is somehow involved in that, and I read the book and I thought, well, the storyline is sort of a superheroic version of the Da Vinci Code, sort of. But I then I realized, well, that's why the Da Vinci Code held no great interest for me because if you've read Preacher, you've already read all that paranoia, you know, all that Catholic paranoia. Um, so it was kind of a, a, kind of an interesting thing. So I will I will dare and name that. I thought it was a decent book. The art w- didn't really float my boat, but at least it was consistent. So I'm going to mm. give them props for that. But I would agree, it was the same thing where it was all about, especially knowing there was a trailer with Ray Park in it, that yeah. it was all about creating intellectual property, and it is a good concept. Right. It is an easy one to sell. Boom. But I think just, yeah, that's where I think everybody's going is where. They just think, oh, if I create this indie property, Hollywood will see it. Buy there was it up one that even did you see that that bus front that it, or the bus sides that's had Age of Insects? The, mm, no, I didn't so, see that one. Again, great Comic Con at Comic Con okay. that, that like these bu- the, the municipal buses were oh, repainted I with think this I thing. I did see something Age of like Insects, that. and all it, and it was just a little like the first part of a graphic novel. This guy poured a lot of money into advertising, got Ben Templesmith to draw the cover. And there were, and again, really great concept. The execution, not so well, great. Well, kind of, uh-huh. if I can touch on this too, like uh, at Comic-Con we did the Jenna Jameson press conference, which I will have video up for soon. But um, Virgin Comics doesn't even have a comic to promote. They're just promoting, they have a, they have a beautiful uh, mm-hmm. lithograph from Greg Horn. $50. Yeah, but that's it. They, have, they haven't announced a creative team. They haven't, you know... Anything and like just as they had a, they print with less attention, but uh, Ed Burns right. had not Ed Burns, is that right? I think so. Ed Norton, no, Ed Burns, the, yeah. the filmmakers. Ed Burns yeah. had uh, Doc Walloper that they announced the next day. Nobody noticed because once you've announced uh, Jenna Jameson and her Doc Wallopers, there's really no paying attention to. I used to wear Doc Wallopers. Did you? Good. Yeah. But I'm just saying though, like there's this emphasis on the brand and not the story, and mm-hmm. we all know the reason we love comics is they tell good stories, or the ones that we like tell awesome stories that we love to read over and over and over again. Well, I was was talking to Marv Wolfman at at a party, and I said I was, uh, you know, working with Bill Catt, William Catt. Name dropper. Yeah, uh, on a comic property, and he said, tell me, is he writing comics because he he wants to write a comic, or is he trying to develop a property for himself to star in? I would take B. No. Uh, well, I, I've, having read the script, I say no. It's actually oh. not. He's actually really interested. He's in not going to play Zeus. No. Oh, okay. <coughs> That's for Lawrence Olivier to play in a CG recreation. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Captain, well, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow yeah, used yeah, that, yeah. so you, know, you can do that. Um, so, I mean, but I agree because I saw, like, you probably saw Rosario Dawson at the con with, with, with an occult task force. <laughs> Same idea that it's just like they are developing properties, and I understand because that's where the money is. This this business but is so. Look, at, I mean, in this comic book shop, and we're well read Zorlax. Still, we've read maybe a quarter of what's on the. That's but isn't that liberal. also kind of the main way of thinking in Hollywood right now? It's like, hey, I got this screenplay. Eh, let's see how it works as a comic first. Which is what happened yeah. with Seth Green when he went with Freshman. He wanted to sell that as a screenplay, and he was told, well, it looks like a comic book. Is there a comic book we can look at? Right. And especially now that 300 did well, that's the, I mean, that I think is, gonna, is the turning point for comics into film is that, is that Hollywood realizes that it doesn't have to be a standard superhero story, yeah. but look at this. You can just lift this storyboard off. But they've done that with Road, Road to Perdition. They've done mm-hmm. that with From Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these things, but arguably better written stories, but, though, right? But independence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I guess. Well, uh, both Road to Perdition. Well, Road to Perdition was actually from DC. No, no, I'm not saying no, all independents okay. suck. It was from Paradox you're Press, right, right. but but still, yeah. I'm just saying not, the control totally. group I worked with, or I at least studied. Well, I think what you're seeing is that we're getting everybody who feels that they have a story to tell is starting their their own imprint up and going. But they don't know how to tell stories. They don't yet know. They get a concept. They get characters. They get a design. Like, I'm going to give a shout-out. The best thing I got at Con, and I think maybe you already had a copy of this, was finally Rafael Navarro's Sonambulo. I yeah, bought the trade paperback of Sleep of the Just. And because I've circled around it, you know, like, we talked to Rafael, and I look at it and go, this looks really cool, but I just don't really have the money. There's something else I want to drop. And I finally said, no, earmarked the first purchase I was going to make was that. And I'm glad I did. That was really well done. But Rafael works in animation. He knows yeah. storytelling. He really has it. And but he's doing that book because he loves it. He do, he's doing it because he loves true. it. Because and if he was really he's interested in selling staying the, indie, because he wants to maintain control. But that's a true artist. That's yeah, where yeah, we get exactly. good art. Yeah. Because know? clearly he's not really about se- selling the product. Because I mean, he does he pushes some ambulo, but he hasn't done a new issue in a long time. It's just like when he can t- when he can do it. He, he gets pushes it hot Mexican love. <laughs> it's true, though. You're a moral compass. Alicia turned away. Book. She turned oh. away in horror, but it is. It's in a, is it on the shelf somewhere here? I, is oh, it, yeah. I didn't is know. Is that the adult section? There. Hot Mexican Love is right behind. Uh, is right there. Under right there. To, wow. Hot Mexican Love Comics 2007. Well, that, maybe the Hot Mexican Love enables him to finance the Sambula. It's, uh, an, uh, it's an anthology book. It's an anthology book. What actually allows him to finance that as he works, he's a storyboard artist on wow. the Batman, the animated this series. This is all him? This is Not all no, of it. It's all a different. lot of it. But I think the rules for that book are you have to be a Latino creator. It, and hey. the stories oh. have to be about... Right, I'll see in a little Lon bit. Lopez could participate. I have a comic I want to write essay. The stories have to be about Mexicans and love. And I think so. Yeah. yeah. Therefore, you must it's be actually not. It's actually not nearly as pornographic as the title makes it sound. No, not nearly. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I'm gonna write a comic Close. and give it to him. I wish the vidcast again. I just want to catch Rick's Rick's expressions when he doesn't think I'm looking at him when he says stuff. Anyway, so I so yeah. I, but what about I, I have to ask? Did you read the one the one that I gave you? I'm trying to remember the title of it. It's about the eight fingered uh, hitman. I gave it back to you, right? Hard eight? No, hard eight. Hard eight. Yeah, that was an anthology. No, I didn't you get sure? it. Sure, I'm pretty sure. I brought it to the thing. I mean, double check at home, okay. but I thought I brought it back saying, and I gave you my review. So I that thought. was an anthology. I thought that was pretty much a cut above most of the indie stuff I've been reading. Uh, my, I had the same problem with that. The okay. stories were weak. The artwork, it was more a focus on bringing in all these cool artists that were doing their different styles yeah. of the character. But all the stories were weak and almost the same. So I just felt still coming back down to writing is key, and we're not seeing as much good writing. Well, maybe we are. I mean, there's a lot of well-written stuff out there, but not in the indie field. Although, I'm just saying for the people, not, not, like I said, I'm not trying to generalize all indie people. Yeah. I'm saying majority of the stuff I've been testing over the last few weeks, few months, has been but really let, unimpressed. You know, but, but let's look, too. I mean, I can remember the first time I went to Comic-Con with Goodson, and he told me to look at that at Battle Pope and the, the booth. It was just about Robert Kirkman selling Battle Pope, and I was no way. This is a, I, I don't like the concept. I find it offensive. No way. You know. Now fast forward five years or so, and Robert Kirkman's one of my favorite writers with Invincible and The Walking Dead, two absolutely you know must have books, must read books. So, I mean, it's so develop how are they going to develop their chops? Yeah. You know, and and you got. You know, so no, I'm not. I'm not saying they I should know. quit. I'm just saying step it up, boys. That's all I'm saying. So. Yeah. Okay. 
Can we get back to the one that I wanted to talk about this week? This one here. The, oh, sure. Speaking of great writing. Yeah. We, we go from the uh, from the, the newbies to A series the, ended last week that the, I did not I have not yet read. Goodson still got it in his Dark Tower. So the end of the Dark Tower uh, Gunslinger Born. Yeah. Anyway, so the the eight, the seventh issue finishes off the Will Dearborn uh, story with with uh, his love Susanna mm-hmm. and um, frankly beautiful as always just a beautiful book a little rushed of, uh, and I'll say startlingly rushed to end the story within seven issues um, partially for anybody who's read the series you know what is happening at the end you know where the story is going from there and how it's tying back into it and i know they're saving stuff to tell in the next series which they've announced now is going to start next february february 2008 okay the but for somebody who's a fan of the series it ends roughly it it doesn't develop the the final scenes of uh, of them there in um, hambry i guess it is mm-hmm. and it doesn't uh, do real justice to the whole tragedy of what's going on okay, there okay interesting so, well i'm hoping to check that out next week yeah um, really looking forward to it again would i buy the book again yes i buy buying four copies of it every week would i still buy four copies yes i would okay so what are you doing with all four, four copies, copies? Uh, one goes on the shelf with the Stephen King books. One goes in mint to my comic box. One gets read and one gets given to a friend. I see. There you go. You, sir, are a fanboy. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's all right. I'll have to deal with that. <laughs> That's your curse. You can live with it. Well, there we go. And uh, so I, I think we're out of things to talk about, but I wanted to give a shout-out to a couple of things. Um, I'm trying to... Because I haven't had a chance to transcribe this. The Eisner Award winning shop retailer of the year, this year, Spirit of Retail, this year was. We should have won. We weren't in the running. Uh, it was Earth 2. And I'll tell you, once I put the article up, uh, my interview with, with store co owner Judd Myers, why they won, they absolutely deserve. So I want to direct listeners to. Earth a, 2 is in LA? Sherman Oaks. And I want to direct listeners to a charity, uh, to an orphanage, uh, www.pennylane.org. Uh, and what Earth 2 has done is uh, the store spearheaded an effort to build a library of comics for orphans. Oh. And there are seven orphanages in California in the, I guess, for lack of a less crass term, chain of orphanages that uh, still need uh, libraries. So they are taking collections at the store but also on this website if you want to donate money to, uh, and, or, and or donate books or comics for this uh so you know they do a lot of charity work and a lot of work with the uh, the children's hospitals donating comics and so, so it's kind of like save the music but with comics mm-hmm. all right so you can go to pennylane.org uh and the other thing is just to want to th- thank uh to klutz press because technically i was staying at the home of the editor of klutz press last week in la so let's give it out for klutz press juggling for the complete klutz and the chicken socks line of books and uh variety of things uh, pipe cleaners gone crazy so many craft books so they're our sponsors because they certainly saved me a lot of money last week so thank you to the shermans there uh so if you www.klutzpress.com i guess i i could be wrong wow so you mean that fourth friend could actually be an orphanage so if people are out there buying comics they might just want to buy a second one and send it over to them that's a good connection very good connection alicia very good so if you have any comments complaints about giving comics to orphans you jerks uh, <laughs> right in to Come editor on, it's for the children. children for the kids it's right into editor at fanboyplanet.com somebody did right somebody uh, wrote into us somebody wrote into us and we didn't even talk about it uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's to the pharaoh islands Next week, we'll talk about what we know about Prince Caspian. And uh, also mentioned, of course, we are broadcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725, El Camino Real, Suite 105. 105 where Prince. they're getting bigger. They might be 105 and 106. I don't know how we're going to call that. It's still Suite 105. They're undergoing expansion, and the plans are fantastic. This is going to be a go-to comic book If you're shop. in the Santa Clara County, 
or in the South Bay area, this is going to be the store to go to. This is. I really think this is they, within a month. This is going to be the go-to spot, and we at Family Planet are working hard to make sure that happens because we need a place to live. But you can drive down. I've driven down from Davis to San Francisco to go to a restaurant. If I can do that, people can drive down from Sacramento to come to a comic store. Absolutely, that's Truth. the kind of thing Truth we want to hear. Wisdom. Oh, excellent. So, uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief, FanboyPlanet.com. With me. Say, say goodnight, Alicia. Good night, everyone. Alicia Willis. Wow, it's hard act to follow. Islan Lopez, moronlife.com, fanboyplanet.com, lovablelawn.com. Anyways, check it out. <laughs> you know where to find me, baby. Rick Brett Snyder, good evening. <laughs> And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Oh, okay. There's a Mexican place in Hotel Circle that does a mariachi brunch. That is so good, you will kill yourself. Who has time during the con to do a brunch? I know. I always do. No you don't go to the con. I know, you don't go to the con. <laughs> I don't go to the Comic Con. It's, it's so good, you will kill yourself. Chill. That's, that's right. That's, a, that's an ad man's dream. <laughs> well, I went behind the Marriott. Apparently, Not there's like this little customers. tourist trap behind the Marriott, which I did, had no idea. Seaport Village? Oh, yeah. Jen <laughs> been, loves that place. I have been going to the con sorry, for seven sorry. years, and I had no idea that they had this little. Like Disneyland Enchanted Village behind it. And yeah, Jen told me about that. I didn't believe her. At so first. I had dinner there Sunday night with Keith Champagne. Can we get this party started or what? Can we do it? No. Would that be all right? No. Okay. Lawn. Oh, I just want to do one solitary set. I think I've got both everybody except for Lawn. Hold on. Go. Start talking. This is Derek McCaw. I'm back and I'm yeah, better than ever. Fine. Go. Are you going to talk Garcia that normal? Here. How are you going? Again. Why is everybody talking like this? Talk in normal voices. All right, I will. Because you complain. That's right. It's not going to change it, though. Paz McWinerson is what we're going to change it to. <laughs> okay, come on, Chris. Hello, how are you? Chris Garcia here. That's great. Okay. Lon. This is Lon, talking like Derek McCall, very loud. And the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now seductive. <laughs> I despise you. <laughs> That's almost seductive. Hi. I'll How's despise you all night long. <laughs> this is podcast after dark. I'll despise you for money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's money in it. <laughs> okay. Mr. Garcana sucks. Quiet. <laughs> hello, hello, podcast. Okay, you're good. Thank you. Good. And me, I think I've done myself. Yeah. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> it's just a boys' club over here, I guess. You know. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're ready. I couldn't help myself. All right, ready? ready?